You're listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast. For more on Screening in Kingston, more episodes, info about our movie clubs, and a lot more fun movie content, visit screeningandkingston.com. I saw the flash so we can we can finally talk about it and taylor my first initial reaction is vip is a very dangerous game because <laughs> the food is very tempting and i've been seeing a movie a week and i've been going to vip every time and it's just whew, it's uh your waistline maybe yeah exactly <laughs> little tighter than uh than it's been and I, I thought you were gonna say when you mentioned the food i thought like oh no tummy trouble no like, you... <laughs> no it's literally just it's it's too tempting too like much, too much food you know you go you go there and and sometimes i think like in an advance to going i'm like okay this week forget vip just gonna go to the regular gonna go to a regular movie but i'm so spoiled with the vip experience that it's really back. hard to go back because then then you think like when he when i go to buy you know the tickets i'm like okay but pulled pork nachos you know, that, okay, that's but are the, I know we've, I know we've talked about this with Katie. Are the seats better? Like aside from the food, what's going on with the seating situation? The, seat, the seats are better for the theater that I have access to. Right. They're not okay. better than like Landmark in, in Kingston. Like those are the best yeah, seats around because they right. recline. The ones uh, for me, they, they don't recline, but they're the same big, more leathery, kind of relaxing seats and they have yeah yeah, they have like not only do they have like really nice cup holders the the arm swings around in front of you like a little table right so you can put your drink and your food right there okay so like the seats are better yeah like yeah better than than the regular even if you weren't to order off the menu you're getting a better like seat experience without a doubt even even if you don't get food you're still getting a really good experience um and like you know they the way they do it with the kind of waiting area, because they basically have like a bar as a waiting area. You get into your movie, it guaranteed you can get in a half hour before if you want to order your drink, order food, do whatever you want. And then you can watch the movie, but you can show up within like, you know, five or 10 minutes. Like if you're a little late and not only will you easily get in and there won't be any lines, there won't be any trouble, but there's no lines for concession for vip either because they also have a little area where you can just order concession if you want and there's never a line it's like pre-boarding at an airplane exactly it's yeah (laughs) and and then being first class (laughs) where it's like i can't go back like i can never go back in my theater watching experience and it's it's completely spoiled me um and this was about the third or fourth sunday in a row i've been going to like sunday afternoon movies vip where I'm now thinking like, oh, maybe I need to, maybe I need to stop this. But then I know the next time I go to order movie tickets for like a Sunday, I'm just going to order VIP because by the time my, my, you know, brain gets to that point, I'll be like, ah, whatever. I could have lunch. Like, it's got a whole week. <laughs> yeah. I've got a whole week. I exercise, like I play a lot of sports. So by the time I get to the end of the week, I'm so tired. I'm like, come on. I can. I deserve I can, this. I can just, yeah, I can do this, but I don't know. As 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 one ages, I don't think exercising is enough. <laughs> like I don't think you can just eat what you want. But. No, no. I think mm. at past thirty, you're yeah. you're SOL. You gotta you gotta put in the work. You gotta put in the work for this nachos. So yeah, that's it, that was part of my experience, and uh, we're gonna talk about the Flash today. Like we've got that's a good movie. We've talked about this before, but um, like, what's an appropriate movie for VIP? Movies like The Flash, that's appropriate. That I makes agree. sense. Yes. These, these popcorn summer movies are really, the to me, the reason why these VIP experiences exist. It's to it's for these movies, and they know they're going to sell well. You know, it's, it's a bit of a smaller theater space. Like, you don't have as many seats in there. Um, so anyway, it just makes for a very different viewing experience. And I will say definitely The Flash, it makes a lot of sense um, to to watch it in there. And it really elevates my movie watching experience, like I have to say. Uh, I come out of there smiling. No matter, no matter what piece of garbage I watch, I come out of there pretty happy. 
you said that it's a smaller space. How are how is your theater doing? Like, do you find that the shows are sold out? I'm just wondering, like, this appeals to like a certain type of person. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, not like you have to be pretty. Maybe no, maybe not though. Maybe the casual moviegoer prefers this because it makes it more special. I don't know. I'm just yeah. wondering who's who's the demographic for the for this aside from. Katie, friend of the show, friend of me, and you. Um, <laughs> yes, Katie's a fan. <laughs> does it seem well attended? Like, is it what is it quote unquote sold out? Not on Sundays, but the Thursday night time. and Friday nights that I've gone. Because I, whenever I see a big Marvel movie or like a movie that I'm really, really gunning to see, I go on opening night, and it's right. sold out. Yeah, the V, like so, Guardians of the Galaxy, which I saw on VIP all three performances on the opening Thursday were sold out. Like they have three VIP theaters. They were all showing the same movie in and around the same time. They were all sold out. So yeah, it was, it was packed um, for that. But yeah, I, I purposely go on Sundays because it just, one, it works for my schedule. And two, in the middle of the summer when it's like really hot, what's a better thing to do than go to a movie? Yeah. I'm a a fan. I'm a fan of a Sunday, of a Sunday afternoon movie for sure. It, it works really well for it. Um, but I haven't let it interfere with how I rate and review movies. Um, but you don't let it cloud your judgment. No, no. Like I don't let, <laughs> I don't let the nachos, uh, cloud, the cloud judgment, the pulled pork or the, the chicken. I gotta tell you these chicken bites, oh, honey, <laughs> garlic, chicken bites. So they're boneless chicken wings, essentially honey, garlic, chicken bites, like blue cheese, like sauce. It's brilliant. They know what they're <laughs> doing. Yeah, they know exactly who they're targeting. And they even give you your little bit of like on the side of that, they give you like three carrots and three celery sticks. So it look kind of seems a little more healthier, you know? And like like restaurant style. Like it's exactly. not like you're, it's like, would you say the food is restaurant quality? It, you know what it reminds me of? And I think it's, a sh- I think it's actually is the shared kitchen of the Milestones. That's kind of below this theater. So it does remind me of milestones, like especially the appetizer stuff. Now, again, I have not had a meal at this place. Like I've never had like, oh, a chicken sandwich and fries. Like I've never done that. So I don't know how that side of the food is, but the appetizers are all restaurant quality. Definitely. Okay. There you go. So that's, that's pretty good. Um, I'm, so I'm going to talk about the flash. Yes. Regardless of my VIP experience. And we'll talk about the flash. Um, and I also, I got a chance to finally, um, see a movie that I've been kind of waiting to see for a while, but had like the smallest, stupidest theatrical run I've ever seen. And then I finally got to see it on, um, on Disney plus, um, Chevalier. I think I'm saying that right. I promised myself I was going to teach myself how to say it, but then I forgot and don't care. Um, yeah. So Chevalier, uh, you, you, to those who are interested know what I'm talking about, and then I'll describe the movie and they don't know what I'm talking about. But that's, I saw that movie, so I'm reviewing that as well. Um, and you're going to talk about, uh, are you there, God, it's me, Margaret, yes. uh, a movie based on a very famous book. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> From the, I didn't realize how old it was. It was published in 1970. I told my mom has come down for a week to visit us and the baby, mainly the baby. And um, <laughs> I said, oh, I'm reviewing, are you there? God, it's me, Margaret. And my mom went, oh, yeah, I read that book when I was like a, like a preteen. Oh. And which checks out like 1970. She literally would have been a preteen <laughs> in that wow. year. It came out. So, um, yes, quite famous. Um, I just, I had pulled up the Wikipedia just so I could, um, see who the actors are in the movie and apparently it's like it remains like one of the top banned movies or one of the top banned books like since publication it's like on the it's on the american library association's list of the 100 most frequently challenged books of the 1990s ranked and they ranked the book at number 60 60 out of 100 that it's most commonly challenged so there you go there you have it (laughs) so famous it's censored I just, okay, okay, so there's, funnily enough, Taylor, there's a fan question that also kind of relates to, to banning things or, or not, not consuming a, a book or a movie or what have you. There's a fan question that does relate to this. It's actually off of our topic last week. We're in a little bit of hot water, Taylor. We got some fan comments and thoughts. I'm not about surprised. Our, 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 I even, as I was talking, I knew I was going to get canceled last episode. <laughs> 
I'm pretty uh, sure. I'm pretty sure I said on air. I'm gonna get canceled. <laughs> this might shock you, Taylor. They're more I didn't upset go far at me. Enough. <laughs> no, oh. they're more <laughs> upset at me. <laughs> I don't even remember what you talked about. Well, it's all about Ezra Miller. Like half our episode oh. was Ezra Miller related, so we got to go. But anyway, the the point true, true, being, true, true, true. what I want to ask is when when someone like a parent, teacher, educator, angry person, I don't know, whoever bans things, if they don't like a book or a movie, what do you what what like? Why don't you try not reading it then like what what does banning it for other people do (laughs) i saw a really good thing the other day just like a i don't know if it was on instagram or or facebook but essentially it was like if it's in a public space like a public school a public library it's meant for the public and therefore you shouldn't ban books you know what i mean just don't check it out yeah to consume or not consume as you choose because it's a public space with quote unquote public values. So like all you have to do is just not check the book out. Right. Um, if it's like a private school, then that's a whole different ball game. You know sure. what I mean? Of course. But, yes. um, and that gets into but, a whole different realm of stuff. Yeah. That's a whole other, right? yeah, we're not totally going to get into that. No. But like public space meant for the public. Yes. No, you're not banning it. Like you're not pulling all of Judy Bloom's books from the public library in Kingston because you're just... upset. If the book talks about periods. <laughs> yeah, like... and it's just sometimes. Sometimes I just think I, I I take crazy pills where I where I think the mentality of life for me is you know I could go to my VIP movie and not have the pull park nachos, and and if I really didn't want them, I just wouldn't have them. I wouldn't go to them and be like. I can't help myself. Take you have to the take menu. them off the menu. Like I would never say that because that's really like weird. You have to remove all food from the VIPs. Yeah. You can't experience. do it because I can't control myself. Like what? Like why don't you just not eat? Like do, the, just don't read it. And and I get yeah. like I think it it comes like well I don't want my kids reading it. Well, first of all, the minute you ban something, I'm sorry. I don't know if this is a new. This might be a shocking thing to parents out there. Again, I have no experience. But I think the minute you ban something, a child becomes therefore interested in it. Um, That seems to happen a lot. But also, like, I don't know, have conversations within your own home if there are things you don't want to. That's what I'm thinking. Like, be involved in your parent, in your child's life. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, you almost said be involved in parenting, which I thought would have been so much of a better line. (laughs) Be involved in parenting. Yeah, be involved in parents. Be involved in parenting. Like, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't. I also, I might get into hot water for this because it's kind of, I don't know. I, these days, you never know what's going to get We're already in trouble, as we're gonna well read, going. As we're going to hear from the fan questions this week. But um, did you see all of the hoopla about how they were going to, um, I think it was Tolkien. I think they were going to like re-release the Lord of the Rings for like modern sensibilities. Or Roald Dahl. No, sorry. It was Roald Dahl, like his books. Oh. So like the BFG, James and the Giant Peach, like those Yes, books. and all. They were all going to work, like yeah. edit them for quote unquote modern sensibilities. And um, like, I don't agree with that. No, just don't watch it if you don't want to. Don't read it if yeah, you don't want to. Because like they <laughs> say certain things that like now in this day and age, like we would consider it like maybe offensive. You know what I mean? Like he calls people things that like we don't call people anymore, whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, but again, like be involved in your child's life. If you are reading the book with your child and it says like they call a character fat, which I think is like one of the things they wanted to edit out. You would explain like, okay, this is why we don't call people fat. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, I'm just like, I just can't, the, the, the censorship, like, no, the book. It's shit, so funny. So- how you yeah. just described what is a two-minute conversation with a child that people just don't seem to be willing to do anymore. Yeah, that people just don't sanitize. seem to be willing, yeah, to like actually have conversations with with children. Like I, I was trying to think if because I can't think of anything my parents didn't let me watch. Like I think when I was really young, I like I remember them not letting me watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer until I was a little bit older, even though I was interested in it, right? Because they were just worried about 
be, being too scary. Like I was, I will admit when I was a, a kid, like, child. oh yes, <laughs> I would get scared very easily. Like I was terrified by the second Star Trek movie that I saw in theaters. Like that's how scared I was about things like zombies and stuff. So they were like, why don't you like wait? And I remember that. And then the only, the only other thing was South Park because yeah, my, we my parents were just, South Park yeah, they were just not into that. And that was, that was it. And even then they like stopped trying to to stop us from watching things by a certain age but i just remember that little but i still remember watching the simpsons and oh, we were tons yeah, I of wasn't allowed movies. i wasn't allowed watching the simpsons i couldn't watch south park everything else was pretty much fair game yeah especially after we watched titanic my, <laughs> my, I, yeah. I, I told this story before yeah. I, my mom would be like no girls that's too old for you and be like mom we saw titanic Yes, and that was that was your trump card. Yeah, let us watch this. <laughs> you put down this movie, but like I don't know. Like also, we watched so much on like the movie network or like movies that were like on TV, right? Which like are already edited, yeah, for like public consumption. You know what I mean? Like they don't have swears. The racier scenes are cut out. So like I don't know. I I felt like I I turned out fine, and yeah. like. I read hey, Are You listen. There, God? It's me, Margaret. I, re- I read Raw Doll without, <laughs> with all of the, ins- weird, you know, weird things in it. Dr. Okay. Seuss. Yeah. Um, Dr. People, Seuss, I'm okay. People like, yeah. And I think, hey, like, listen, other if other people who have children want to raise their kids in a different way and don't want them exposed to certain things, okay, that's up to you to keep it out of your home. All to power to you. Yeah. yeah, go go ahead. But yeah, you can't, like, removing it from public spaces, it's not like it's sitting there wide open asking people to come read. Um, but I will tell you, like, if, some, if a pa- like, if my, even though I was relatively, I think, well-behaved as a child, if my parents completely banned something specific, there's a part of me that'd be like, I gotta go check this out. Like what, what's so bad that I got, like, there's a bit of a curiosity there. So that's why I think it's more of a conversation with your, with your kids, your offspring, your, your teacup humans, whatever you want to call them. Um, Teacup humans. (laughs) I haven't heard that one. You know where I got that from? Actually, that's an Al, that's a Alexander Skarsgård quote from True Blood. Oh, Uh, he calls humans, children, teacup humans. Being like a that. vampire, yeah. keeping them as pets, kind of thing. So that's where yeah. I got that from. Um, so that's fun. That we're talking about some banned and potential banned content today. Who that's knew? A good theme for the show. Um, too bad I already picked a title for it. Um, but uh, <laughs> I, you know, my the two movies I'm reviewing. I forgot what you were reviewing. Talk about rewriting history in a little bit. So right. I've already kind of gone with a title around that. But anyway. Doesn't matter. Um, let's get to some fan thoughts on our Ezra Miller conversation. Um, fan shouts, maybe. Yeah. Well, this one's this one's good. This is an anonymous, which we always love anonymous uh, fan questions or thoughts. Um, and I, I love this one because I'm going to read it like just normally, and then I'm going to read it in the tone that I think it's supposed to be. Got it. Um, so uh, the the it's a very simple one. Can you even name another movie Ezra Miller has been in? So I think this is supposed to be like, yes. oh, can you even name another movie? We need Ezra to talk Miller's about been? Kevin, Perks of Being a Wallflower. Yeah, Perks of Being a Wallflower was kind of the Huge. one where where I think I first saw Ezra Miller. Because I don't think I saw We Need to Talk About Kevin until later. So I think Perks and of Being a Wallflower was He's in those Harry Potter movies. The Fantastic They're not Beast in movies. Harry Potter. Oh, Fantastic Beasts. Yes. Okay. Sorry. Don't call them Harry Potter movies, Taylor. Excuse me. Okay. <laughs> like that's so not, that is a complete insult to the <laughs> Harry Potter franchise. Yes. Yes. I forgot. They're in um, uh, Fantastic Beasts and the other one. Yes. Yes. You're right. You're right. Because Ezra Miller plays. Um, so who was this question pointed to? Because I just named four movies he's in. I, I they're in. I think I think me or you, one of us. Uh, there was no, that was it. That was the entire email. So yeah, I think. Because this came back to, I think, our comments saying that we we thought Ezra Miller overall was, was a good actor good. Yeah. and that we were actually excited about their career before all this. Got happened, it. Right. So I think that that was the comments like them saying, well, you, you don't even can you even name it. Yes. Like, again, Perks of Being a Wallflower would have been the one that I that I remember being like, oh, like, this this actor's got some like moxie. Like, this might be interesting. Fair enough. Ezra Miller's not maybe a household name. No. But they're also not a B-lister. Like, those yeah. are big movies. <laughs> yeah, like, I wouldn't, especially, like, with Fantastic Beasts as well, like, before even going into The Flash, like, in the DC franchises, like, certainly I think more people know who Ezra Miller is now. But Perks being Wallflower, 
was a big movie when it came out like that everyone saw it that i i remember so it, it was a big movie like these are not minor movies so i yeah i i think i think the comment was just assuming that we were maybe defending someone who that didn't need to be defended doesn't need to be defended <laughs> but again like i think i think the conversation we had last week was pretty balanced where i think we both agreed that like we're just more disappointed and the thing you were pointing out that i actually really agree with that maybe you thought you were getting get in trouble is that it just seemed like the the world wasn't treating ezra miller in the same way as we just saw army hammer treated yeah and why is there this disparity and i think there's a like there could be a million reasons for that um that we don't have to get into but i think at the end of the day one of the reasons why we talked about it for 35 minutes was only because we cared enough about someone's career and now we're kind of disappointed that it's like this is someone who's probably and should probably be in jail which is unfortunate like but but also true so whoever the anonymous person is yes we can name ezra miller movies we do watch movies occasionally who knew um okay this uh this next one um comes from shauna um and shauna writes in and says i just can't do it i understand what you're both saying but i really just can't agree with where mike is coming from in terms of actually going out and seeing the flash considering everything that has happened with ezra miller how can you still say you want um, the world to treat Ezra Miller the same as some of the other people who have been quote unquote canceled recently and still go see the movie and review it. It's just not something I can do. Um, I really can't support the flash. I don't understand why this movie is still being released considering everything that happened. Um, and that's from Shauna. So yeah, like I, I get your point. I see where you're coming from. Like I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and say you should go see the flash and my review will probably not <laughs> encourage you either. But I think, again, like we've talked about, it's it, to each his own. If you can't support The Flash because of everything, I, I respect that. And just don't watch it then. Um, I'm, I went and watched it because I was curious. I am a big superhero fan. I'm actually a bigger DC fan than I am a Marvel fan. It's just the movies have sucked. So I was, I was a huge DC fan because those were the cartoons that were on when I was a kid. And those were the... the comic books i remember reading like i was more into batman superman the flash the justice league than i was into the avengers because that's what i had access to when i was a kid so i'm you know always interested in maybe they'll maybe they'll finally turn a corner and make a good movie um so that's why i went and i am curious why they released this movie and i wanted to see if there was something in here that was clear as to why they were you know putting all their their ducks behind this um, but listen, Shauna, I don't disagree with you. I like I really don't. And I think that at the end of the day, Ezra Miller's probably not gonna be the flash anymore anyway. Um, but I can respect that you can't. No one said it. that when we reviewed Death on the Nile. Can't believe you're gonna go review Death on the Nile, even though. Did we get the same fan came. question? No, no, oh, that's what I'm saying. We didn't. Oh no. So what is it about this Ezra? Why is why are they, why is why, yeah, we got very different reactions, um, very different ends of the spectrum. But again, like I listen, being offended by something is personal. It's not right, yeah. it's not wrong. It is just how you feel. It's a feeling. Feelings are neither right nor wrong. If you feel you can't support it, I support that. Then don't go see it. I was curious, so I went. That was it. That that was the thought. I think process. also one of our philosophies on this show is that you and I, Mike, and this might just be like just in our personalities, we don't, and maybe we're just crummy people because of this, we don't have a hard time separating the person from the piece of art. Like we've talked about this right, a lot right. about like canceled directors. Like, can you go back and watch a Woody Woody Allen movie, for instance? I don't really like Woody Allen, so that's like not a great example. Roman Polanski, because I actually like Roman Polanski. You know, oh, how can you go and watch a Roman Polanski movie uh, with the things that he's done and got away with, right? Like, I don't know. Like, I just personally, I don't have a hard time separating the person. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's tricky. We've talked about this a lot. Like, I think we talked about it. Came. It always comes up when like a big name is being dragged through the tabloids. Like Johnny Depp, for instance. Like, what? What is the morality around going to see a Johnny Depp movie? Right? Like, 
you're putting money in his pocket, but you're also putting money in the pocket of all those other people that worked on the movie with him. So I don't know. I just personally, I don't have a hard time doing that, like turning that part of my brain off. But again, like Mike said, like all power to you. Like if you're offended, you don't want to support that person. That's fine. But like, we probably are going to continue to review review movies that have been canceled. Because that's just who we are as people. And, and hey, let me, like, I'll admit to being very curious. <laughs> just, very, yeah. like, I, I yeah. just go being like, I wonder what this, like, he, like everything around Don't Worry Darling made me kind of. Oh, like, yeah, for oh, sure. No, I'm I'm, really a, I'm a sucker. <laughs> I'm a sucker for that bad tabloid press, right? Yeah. Like, so like, like Mike, you said, we talked a lot about it, obviously last episode, but like, what was in the movie that made the studio think, Yes, let's go ahead with this movie. That's what you were curious about, right? Like, and that's a valid, that's valid. Like, what, why of all the movies that the studio has canceled this year, why are they moving forward with The Flash? There must be something in this movie, right? Um, And I guess we'll hear it during the, or not hear it during during your review. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I'm, we'll get into my review in a few minutes after we finish fan questions, but I'll, I'll give you a, a quick tease. Spoiler alert. I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> this movie that made them release it I, I don't know i really don't um uh next one here comes from lily um and lily writes in and says um i'm not sure if i want my comments read on air or not but you read them and decide whether or not you want to read them um my question or thought is kind of chiming in of the ezra miller uh conversation you were talking a lot about army hammer and kind of comparing the two and i i sort of agree with both of what you were saying that that in terms of the conversation online and in the public it seemed like it was a lot harsher and quicker to judge someone like army hammer i don't 100 percent know why that is but i'm wondering if it had something to do specifically with the types of content and types of things that he was producing that year Uh, This was an actor that was in three or four really massive movies in a row. He was someone who's gaining a lot of fandom. He already had a huge popularity because of his family and because of his name prior to all these instances coming out. Ezra Miller is definitely well known, but maybe not to the same level as Army Hammer. I'm wondering how much that just had to play into it. But I also wonder if it has to do with who Army Hammer is. Let's face it, he seems like the perfect American actor. Um, He had the looks. He had the charm and maybe people were just more disappointed to see all these things that happened to him. And maybe that hit a lot of people a lot harder. Those are just my thoughts. I don't hundred percent know, but I definitely agree with what you two are saying. It doesn't always seem like a balanced reaction to how some stars are treated. Thanks for well, that, interesting. Really. Yeah. I mean, interesting, interesting thoughts. I mean, Arm, is Army Hammer the more typical American star? And so therefore people were watching closer. Hurt. But don't you think, Mike, so, like, I feel like in that instance, wasn't Army too big to fail if he has, like, three major vehicles that, like, it would have been so much easier for them to sweep Ezra under the carpet. It certainly would have been because it was really just this one movie, right? Like, it was really just this one movie for Ezra Miller that was coming out. There wasn't, like, a slew of things. Um, I guess Army Hammer had done a few relatively big movies in a row leading up to all this and he was attached to a bunch of projects like yeah I think he might have been a, attached to like a scorsese true um like yeah. he was attached to some major projects but Rising i hear what Lily's, i hear what lily's saying is that like um from a fandom perspective like right. oh my gosh like how could the golden boy right how could right. he be well yeah. whereas ezra miller has always been more like alternative right like yeah and like hey i i get I totally get that. And that's definitely not the way it should be, but that's the way often group think happens, right? Like you end up putting people in certain boxes and maybe that's simply the, what happened. Um, It's interesting. Like it, it, there was, I think a lot of mystery too around what was going on with army hammer, because like this, like honestly, the stuff around the whole cannibal thing is just so unique and out there that I think that also drew a lot of attention. Um, I mean, I think like, that's one of the things that made me so fascinated. Like what is going on here? So maybe that happened too. I don't know. Like I see Lily's point. It's, it's a good, it's a good point. Um, I don't think you should ever be afraid though, Lily, to express 
those kinds of opinion. Like it's just a conversation. We're all just talking. Um, I think also that, your last name's not attached to the show the way our yeah. last names are. So what, yeah, so, what do you have to lose? So, yeah, what, <laughs> people will come after us for you. Like you're, you're, you're fine. You're in the um, clear. So yeah, I think, I think we're just, I think it's, I think it is a bit of a mystery and I think it's a, it's a good thing to think of. Um, okay. Last one here um, comes from Robert. Um, Robert writes in and says, um, it doesn't really matter to me what happens in the personal lives of any of the actors in movies. I just want to see good movies. I just yep. want to go and see a good film and enjoy it. Um, I'm fine with these, <laughs> these, this is in quotes, these millionaires doing millionaire things. It honestly <laughs> doesn't bother me because it's not part of my life. If they were part of my life, then I think it would bother me more because I know them personally or have something to say against it. I do kind of understand where people are coming from though. It's hard to watch things in the news and then support certain things, especially if you're against it morally. But for me, I just like to go see good movies. Um, not that I'm saying The Flash will be a good one, but I'm also going to go see it because I'm interested in the content and I want to see whether or not they can pull off a good Flash movie. Yeah, again, fair opinion too. Like I'm, I'm yeah. not going to sit here and say anything that was expressed today is wrong. It's just all opinions. So for you, Robert, like if you can can separate and go power to you, I can for the most part. There's certain stars I still I won't support. So. I can understand from from both perspectives. Um, but again, I, I didn't think of going to this movie as supporting Ezra Miller. That's not what I thought of it. It's just going to see a movie. Um, the, Ezra exactly. Miller's already been paid. <laughs> the money is not going directly into Ezra Miller's pocket. That's already how I paid. kind of see it as. Like, I'm not, I'm never going for like one, yeah, I'm like Robert. I just want to see a good movie. I guess like where it gets like a little complicated is if like, you know, like, I think there's a difference between millionaires doing millionaire things and then, like, um, starting a cult. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't oh, for know. sure. Like, I, I, think think been accused of. I think, like, um, they're, I think, like, I agree, like, millionaires are going to do wacky things and I'm along for the ride and, like, whatever. But, like, at the end of the day, like, if someone's doing something, like, criminal, maybe they shouldn't. Totally. Like, that. we all, we like, that's exactly right. We all have our lines. And I think when you're doing criminal things, all the things that, 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 you know, people have been canceled for, a lot of them are very legitimate things. Everything yeah. that happened with Harvey Weinstein, everything, very legitimate. That, right. Like these are legitimate things. So it's understandable. And that's where I would hope that the criminal code and the criminal justice system cuts through all of this and goes after people in regards to how much money it is. And sometimes the public has to shame someone to yeah. finally take action because if the public didn't do what the public did, Harvey Weinstein would still be around doing horrific things. So there you go. Like I, I get it. I'm totally understand it. I just, I've never thought of it of me going or not going to see the flash is going to make a major difference in what's going on with Ezra Miller. They've made their decision. They've paid them. This is now beyond one individual. This is just about consuming the thing. But again, I can understand it. I can understand not wanting to support, I'll probably never see anything Jared Leto's in again. Probably because of the again. stuff he did on the, on the on the Suicide Squad. Yes, yes, yes. The stuff he mailed to Margot Robbie, like to me, that's ridiculous, right. and we don't talk about it enough. But again, that's not <laughs> it's not hip. It's not. They're the about Jared's stuff. being millionaire doing millionaire things. That's what it. That was retreat. what it was. It's a millionaire at the beginning of COVID and not knowing we're in a global pandemic. <laughs> that's pretty funny, and it's hilarious. It happened to Jared Leto. Um, but yeah, I, like I, we all get it, right? There's there's levels we all have. This is one last thing. And again, like I'm again told for saying this. I don't really believe in canceling people because I believe in restorative justice, which is like an alternative view of um, justice when a crime has been committed. So like, I think there's always a possibility for restoration of relationship. So if someone has done something and they've done the work to repair the relationship in their community, whatever that might look like, they shouldn't stay canceled forever. You know, like, that's what I really struggle with, with this, like, this whole cancel culture thing is that there seems to be, like, no coming back. And I realize, like, some of the things we're canceling people for are utterly horrific. Like, yes, 100%. But, like, within a restorative justice framework, there's still room for hope of restoration. So, like, I hate how definitive cancel culture is you know what I mean like there's no room for atonement for 
Um, yeah. So anyways, that's yeah. like my last little thought about cancel culture. And again, like I might get in trouble for saying that, but like I just subscribe to a different view of what like justice is. And so, and like also just like, yeah. So anyways, that's why I'm like, cancel culture to me is like a little bit silly and I'm not going to stop it. I'm not going to stop watching movies, essentially. We've yeah. talked about this so many times, Mike. Like, if we really subscribe to cancer culture, like, what could we even watch? Like, what media could we even consume? It would be a lot of Tom Hanks and Meryl Streep. <laughs> because so Taylor would not be watching anything. <laughs> you would do nothing. Uh, yeah, I can I can totally see where you're coming from. I can understand that point of view, absolutely. Um, and at the end of the day cancel culture doesn't have to exist. Like it's up to each individual to decide that. But some people are more comfortable in a crowd thinking the way other people do and going along with the flow. And then you end up getting a lot of people mad about something or fake outrage and all this stuff happens. Um, but at the end of the day, yeah, I think giving giving people the opportunity to show some remorse and actually atone is great. Um, you know? Because then you have people day, like Harvey... Harvey Weinstein, who makes it easy. He's like not repentant at all. So no, so like, that's easy. That's yeah, a completely different easy. situation. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, you don't have to feel bad. You could just you can just lock that person up until he's dead. Like that's totally yeah. different because there's no sign of remorse, guilt, learning, educating oneself, changing and growth. There's but none, none whatsoever. If we were to avoid every movie that Harvey Weinstein was involved in, that like completely eliminates like almost the majority of beloved movies of the two thousands. Totally. Like his 100%. studio was so involved in like iconic movies from the 2000s. We're just never mm-hmm. going to watch them again. Yeah, 100%. You're you're absolutely right. Like that's the thing. You you have to be able to find those ways to separate it, but if you can't, I can respect that. Then then yeah. it's to me it's on you to stay away from it. Just just like if you had a, a, an allergy or um, a phobia or what have you okay well make sure you stay away from those things and then all will be well <laughs> right like that's yeah. that's all you got to do so hopefully yeah i mean I, I think at the end of the day we will see things over time shift and change anyway like i think i think we're in a culture that's still sort of disfiguring itself out um and we have generations that are still figuring things out so i think i think we will see that and hey we've seen people canceled moved away who have kind of come back in very different forms so i think we've shown that people can can come back um in in some specific things but everything is still new all this stuff is still only a few years old we like to think it's like 20 or 30 years old but it's really not um so i think you know more time more time needs to pass um but thank you to everyone for for your thoughts and comments um on that conversation and and hopefully you know if you don't check out the flash movie that's totally fine but you know keep the conversation going we like to hear from you we like to have the chats. Um, I'm going to segue right into my flash review. Yeah. Because keep that we momentum. might as well keep the, that momentum. Um, and once again, I, w- I will reiterate, it's it, it was this movie was fine. This movie was like just a fine, okay superhero movie, which is a massive step up from what the DC universe has been doing. Um. There's been a handful of DC films that I would call excellent over the past couple of years. This is definitely not one of them, but it's not the garbage trash that I was expecting. Um, So The Flash really centers around Ezra Miller's character, Barry Allen, um, figuring out that through the speed force, which is which is how Barry can can kind of move so fast and move through. He can actually go through time and can shift through through time frames and go back in time. So he does this accidentally, then comes up with this idea to go back in time and save his mother from being killed. That's a big part of Barry Allen's origin story is his mother is killed and his father is wrongfully framed for, for her murder. Um, so he goes back in time, prevents it from happening, and everything falls apart. Like everything, the ripple effect that like we talked about, the the butterfly effect completely um, changes everything. Um, what this movie did really, really well is the relationship between Barry and his mother is really, really well done. Like the the, the performance on both sides, the, the sort of quieter, slower moments of this movie 
are really well done. Like they did a great job of throwing heart into a franchise that has been known for literally just noise on screen and making absolutely no attempts of taking itself either remotely seriously or having any sort of sense of humor. It just toes this really weird bro line that we've talked about many times where it's like, oh, cool, things exploding. This movie does a lot less of that and actually has a heart and a message that it's trying to get across. When the movie does that, it's, it's actually quite good. When it sticks to that story, unfortunately, because it's a DC movie, we have to shove in a lot of like cameos because they're trying to be like Marvel. Um, and we have to have a lot of massive action set pieces with really terrible CGI. Um, there's so many of that, you know, that uncanny valley moment where you like see a face that's CGI and you're like, something's wrong here. There's a lot of that happening <laughs> where they don't look human. <laughs> and it's very, very weird. Um, so with all of that into it, it makes the movie a lot more of a jumbled mess um, at times. Um, again, Better than the pile of garbage I've seen out of DC before. Still not great. Very middle of the ground, just fine movie. Moves along fine. Actually, some some of the... I will credit the performance of Ezra Miller in one way. There's a point where Ezra Miller has to play Barry Allen twice. So Barry Allen at age 18 and Barry Allen at the current age of like 26 or so. Right. So though that most of the movie you get the the two on screen together both played by Ezra Miller and it's absolutely like seamless and and flawless there's never a moment where you're catching yourself being like oh that's a double or that's this or this is how they did that like it looks right fantastic and most of the comedy and the heart and the story come from interacting with your past self and seeing the like frustration over like your older self frustrated with your younger self and vice versa. And they really did a good job in the story of making that the central conflict. What you thought at 18 and your mentality then and your mentality in your mid twenties are different and how actually you probably, if you met yourself back then, you probably wouldn't like each other. And th- <laughs> that's some of the best parts. Of Ain't movie. that the truth? Yeah, it very much is. And they do a really good job. And like that part of it, and this is about it. This movie was a, was long it was well over two hours i don't i don't know the exact runtime but but over you know definitely over two hours maybe not quite two and a half but somewhere around that range only about maybe 40 minutes overall of this movie is spent with those good things that i'm describing the relationship with the mother the impact that that had the emotional moments there the relationship with your past self learning to kind of deal with with you and and growing up and changing all that stuff that is such like less than half the movie so that really dinged everything for me whereas if you just focused on this small story it would have been so much better but unfortunately it it went off in in other crazy directions and just didn't always jive for me um overall like the flash this is such a middle ground movie like we were talking before taylor and we mentioned this on the show when you have a movie that's kind of meh, it was fine or okay, it's really hard to review because I'm so complacent about this movie. Um, because I know the DC universe is ending. Nothing that happened in this movie matters whatsoever. Like there were cameo moments and even the way it ended kind of made me go like, well, who cares? Because we're never like we're never seeing any of this again. Whatever you teased at the end, your Planet of the Apes type ending, which this movie has, who cares? Because we're never going to see anything else. You're never going to develop this world anymore. So really, it doesn't matter. Um, All the more reason why I think, like, why did they not pull this movie? I don't don't understand. So I don't know. Like, I'm never going to know. We're never going to know what they were thinking. But I will say the DC universe has not created a lot of good movies. (laughs) They've got got Wonder Woman. The the first Wonder Woman movie is transcends the genre, is a good movie and a great superhero movie and was loved by audiences and critics. Movies like The Batman and everything Christopher Nolan did doesn't exist in this universe. So it's kind of discounted because it's it's not the same studio. Like it is, but it isn't. So basically, if you take all those movies out, other than Wonder Woman, this, is, this might be the next best one because Justice League was so terrible. Batman v Superman was awful. Like just absolutely criticized by everyone didn't perform really well just dreadful awful movies 
They don't understand some of these characters. They don't get it. Still, even with Ezra Miller's fantastic acting performance, Ezra Miller has never been Barry Allen and still isn't Barry Allen. We, we definitely, without a doubt, they gave their best performance in this movie, and I still didn't believe it. Like, I would, there was still, like, this is not Barry right. Allen. Like, you don't get it. It's Bad like casting. When, yes, it's like Henry Cavill may look like Superman, but you've never, he's never been Clark. Like, you've just never been able to do that. Um, the Like, the only hit, to me, of, of a million misses was Ben Affleck playing Bruce Wayne Batman. Like, that was the only thing they did that I thought worked. But otherwise complete misses so i think maybe they released it thinking like hey at the end of the day this movie is one of the better ones we've made even though it's like a don't lose faith <laughs> don't lose faith completely please come back for the new ones exactly exactly because they didn't do what i thought they were going to do in this movie which was set up the universe by destroying the multiverse and doing something wild they didn't do any of that um so it just yeah there was no point like I, i'm giving it a stream it because I think if you're a, if you're a DC fanboy, you're definitely going to love this movie. This will be the best movie you've ever seen in your entire life. Um, <laughs> if you're a superhero fan, you'll probably think the way I think, where it's like, well, again, Marvel still does it a lot better, but like this wasn't garbage. This was kind of on the same level as Aquaman. Not horrible, but not amazing, but better than I expected. Like it was surprising. So that's why I'm giving it a stream. That you don't have to rush out to theaters to see this movie. It's something you can definitely stream at home. And if you're a fan of the genre, I think you'll enjoy it. But it does not transcend the genre. If you are not a fan of these movies, if you haven't been keeping up with all these movies, you're going to find it absolutely like disastrous. So there you go. That's that's my review for The Flash. Does that solve any of our conversation? No. Because anything, it's a it middle it of the ground. Yeah. It makes it more interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a middle of the ground movie. Again, I will. Ezra Miller is a good actor regardless of all the off-screen stuff a good actor gives a good performance the heart the humor the drama comes out from the two barry allens and they're played differently and that takes a good actor still not quite the character the way it you know has always been presented in the comic books or on the television shows or what have you but a good performance so what are you gonna do um, there you go. So that's my review for The Flash. Taylor, let's talk about uh, some more band things. And Are You There, God, It's Me, Margaret. So I saw Are You There, God, It's Me, and Margaret, as we mentioned. I rented it or bought it. I didn't have the option of renting, so I paid $20. And now I guess somewhere, somewhere forever, I will have a digital copy of it. Not quite you sure now where, but <laughs> I now own it, um, which is fine. You know, I've rent slash bought at worse movies for probably more so that's fine uh, <laughs> it is a relatively new movie um it was released in april so that was when it kind of at the end of april so still new newish it's not in theaters as far as i know anymore i think it might have been in a screening room last week um or whenever this airs it might be two weeks now so it, you know you still may be able to see it in theaters but you are able to get it um digital download now um, this movie has Rachel McAdams in it. It has Kathy Bates. It also has one of the, I don't know how to say it, Safty brothers, you know, Uncut Gems. Oh, Safe, yes. Safety, Saft, Safty, Benny. I guess it's the younger brother. Didn't know he acted. He's in it as well. And then a slew of like young adult, like child actors that I had never recognized or seen before. Um, like Mike said, we were discussing um, before we started uh, recording, my movie was fine. It's like, it's a very solid movie. The script is very good. I um, read the book probably when I was a preteen. Um, no older than like 13, I read this book, I think. So like my memory of it was like very slant, like right. shaky. I had very, the only thing I remember is her dad having an accident with the lawnmower and like, I remember it being like a much bigger deal in the book, but maybe that's just like how it imprinted in my memory. That's literally like the only, and I know knew it was about like coming of age, puberty, things like that. But like, I really could not remember the book very well. So I can't say whether or not this is a faithful adaptation because it's been probably two decades <laughs> since I read the book. Um, so anyways, um, it, I, I, you know, this movie was not made for me. This movie is definitely 
made for preteens, you know, that sweet spot, maybe like grade six to grade eight. Um, it's a movie that you like, I, it's definitely for, I would say, quote unquote, young women, like young ladies, because it's about um, puberty specifically for women, you know, like menstruation, you know, getting your first crush on boys, buying your first bra. So like, experiences like very unique to young women not to say that like boys can't watch this movie I just think like it's very much like um female puberty you know what Mm. I mean um and it's very much a movie that like I I could see like a mom taking her you know her 10 year old to see right to like broach the topic of menstruation or whatever and like there are um I thought this was like a little bit interesting and like proof that this is definitely like a mother daughter movie is that there's like Rachel McAdams plays the mom of Margaret and she has like her own scenes. And then um, Kathy Bates who plays the grandma also has some of her own scenes, although to a lesser extent. So it definitely was like set up like as a multi-generational movie. You know what I mean? Mm. Like grandma, mom, and daughter can all go to this movie and, like, see themselves in these characters and, like, see how, like, a multi-generational family is, like, navigating um, young adulthood or whatever. Well, not even young adulthood, but, like, pre-teenhood. So I think from that standpoint, like, it's a very good family movie. Um, I am a 31-year-old woman who does not have a daughter. So, like, I'm not quite right for the demographic you know what I mean like I'm too old to like watch this nostalgically and like also too young in the sense that like I don't have a daughter that also isn't in this demographic so like it's just like for me I'm like the movie's fine you know what I mean like the acting is very good the script was fine you know Rachel McAdams is so lovely it's always lovely to see her on screen she's a very good actress I thought like the young child actors really capture that preteen, pre like pre puberty, that awkward, you know, trying to show off for your friends, trying to be cool. Like that was all great. Um, but like it's such a specific story, if you know what I mean. Like it's just like yes. unless you're like a preteen with your mom, I don't think you're gonna get a lot out of the movie. Yeah, it's it's hard to sell that to a more general audience. Not impossible. Yeah. But, yeah. Like, you know, like a 56-year-old man and his wife aren't necessarily going to like sit down and watch this movie. Right. If that makes sense. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I or like so. Mike, like you wouldn't like knowing like how what I know about you, like you wouldn't enjoy this movie or like you'd be so neutral towards it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, like you would be That's like fair. I have no thoughts. No thoughts yeah. seeing this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um it is like a perfect length for um, for me. It was an hour forty five minutes. I like Chef's Kiss. The last like five movies I reviewed have all been under two hours. Thank God we're going back to that length of movie. There is a time and a place for a two plus hour movie, but the yeah. majority of movies do not need to be two plus hours. No, I think they so, can be more event films. I yeah, like very. Specific. So yeah. happy to be seeing a, like a surge of hour forty five minute movies. Um. Yeah, this movie was fine. It was sweet. It's a see it if you're in that demographic. If you are right. a mom with a preteen daughter, um, and like there's nothing in this movie that I'd be like, oh my gosh, like ah, this is like so offensive. You know what I mean? Like there's nothing offensive about this movie. Um, you might be if, if you're offended by like puberty, maybe because that's the funny thing. Like we talked um, at the top of the uh, the hour about how. Um, this book has been banned or is like problematic yeah. it's because it's very frank about puberty they talk okay. about menstruation they talk about bras they talk about having a crush on boys the most risque thing is that the girls steal an anatomy textbook and like look at a diagram of a penis but it's like and that, literally, this is all bad i guess we we don't like this well like for the people who want to ban the book i guess oh okay all right right like, I'm just saying, like, these are the things that happen in the movie. Like, if you're a mom and you're like, oh, can, <laughs> my daughter watch, <laughs> can, can my daughter watch this movie? The most, quote, unquote, risque thing is that they literally look at a diagram, like an anatomy diagram of a penis. And, like. More more risque things happen in The Flash. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're describing. It's a very wholesome movie. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And it's about Margaret's journey into, like, young womanhood. So, yeah. I think. It, it like it kind of reminded me of movies like um, 
oh my gosh, I'm completely my girl. Like movies that like you would have watched with your mom kind of about like coming of age. Although like to me, my girl is like a good and is like a standalone enough film that like I could watch that now and enjoy it. Whereas this movie, I was like, it's fine, but like it's very much for preteens. Um, and that's okay. There's like movies for everyone. And I think this movie would be great for that demographic. So it's a see it, but very spe- like a very specific see it, a see it for, you know, preteen girls, their moms and their grandmas. Um, that's just my opinion. If you're a 13 year old boy, you're also more than welcome to watch this movie. <laughs> but like the demographic is these preteen girls and their moms. Um, anyone else, I think you might find the movie just like, it's not like there's not much happens. It's literally like a year in the life of a preteen girl and like the things that she's doing and going through. So yeah. There, there you have go. it. Um, we're, we're pretty much at a time, so I can't really get into uh, my review for Chevalier, but I, I wanted to talk about it. Maybe we can talk about it on another episode, but um, really what I want to get across now is what's interesting about this film it's about a composer um, named Joseph Bologna, uh, who lived in and around the same time as Mozart, just before the French Revolution. Like, So he's the illegitimate son of an African enslaved woman and a French plantation owner. Okay. So he was actually raised by, like he went at a young age, he was actually raised by the French plantation owner, at a, who at a young age realized he had a gift for music. Um, so sent him to like, is this a, a true really, story? Yeah, this is a true story. Um, in before the French Revolution, it's so like 1700s or so. Um, and so, yeah, so his name is Joseph Bologna, like Chevalier or Chevalier or whatever. That's a title that he's given, right? Um, by, by the Queen, um, Marie Antoinette that gives mm. him that title. But basically, he's like, what his gift is and what he's really good at is he's got amazing hand-eye coordination, which makes him fantastic on like the, the fiddle or the violin, but also he's a really good, like uh, marksman and right. swordsman. So he kind of, he excels and, and wins like trophies and stuff for fencing, but he's also a massive like music composer who, who at the time was composing at this, at a similar rate um, to, to, to someone like Mozart. Um, and so he he this movie half the movie is about his rise up the ranks and him competing to for the highest music position in France which is to basically be the music director of this French opera house this very famous big French opera house so he's competing with someone else to get it and basically he doesn't get it because of the color color of his skin like it's blatantly said to him we cannot have someone like you in this position and then the second half of the movie is when it really gets interesting because it's all about the lead up to the French Revolution and sort of his downfall from high society and the role he specifically played in the beginning of the French Revolution. Hmm. And then at the end of the movie, you know how they give like a scrawl of like, okay, this is kind of what happened. Yeah. So because of the French Revolution and everything that happened, they destroyed all his compositions and music. Oh, wow. Everything was burned and destroyed. And like, there's records of this guy, but mainly as um, part of like battalions in the, in the French revolution. Right. So like, that's where people first learned his name. And then once they got dove into his history, they realized he was a huge, like music, like he was a, a Mozart style, like high level, like really highly praised musician. Um, but was, was basically lost to history and forcibly lost to history because of his role in the French Isn't Revolution. Isn't that interesting how that happened? Yeah, 100%. Like, and, and no one, like, he's, people don't learn about him in school. His name's basically been forgotten. And so, again, you don't know in a Hollywood movie how much they're over-dramatizing right. certain things. But if even half the stuff it's that true. happens in this movie <laughs> happened to him, it's incredible. Like, the wow. things that were done to him are, well, first of all, are awful. But the things that he did and the way he was like creating operas and stuff, like pretty incredible. So if even half of it's true, wow. So it's definitely something that's worth checking out. Like I'm giving the movie a stream it and I do recommend for people like, hey, check it out, stream it at home. Is it an incredible movie? No, there's lots of flaws I have with it. I think the relationship between him and his like kind of a strange mother could have been stronger. There was this sort of half pull from the mother being like, oh, I'm going to like show you more from your culture and heritage. And there's almost a conversation about like culture versus like race, 
where you're you're born into one thing. Like his culture is French, hundred percent, because that's the way he was raised. But his his background and, and the connection to his mother is so different. There was almost a, a conversation about that, but they didn't do it. So the movie to me kind of copped out. Where I'm like, you could have been made some powerful statements and like started a cool conversation here, but you sort of didn't. And the movie does a lot of that, where it just doesn't quite go the distance for me. So that's why it's a stream it. It's really interesting, though. It's on Disney Plus if people want to check it out. Maybe I'll talk about it more in a future episode because we ran out of time. But uh, there you go. It's a it's a stream it for me. Some really cool performances in there. Really interesting movie. If you're a history buff, I think you will enjoy it. Thank you to everybody for tuning in this week. Um, we will. Uh, you'll hear from us again next week. Go see some movies.